As always, we are absolutely thrilled to have you joining us today on episode eight of the ICB News Channel podcast. And this is a podcast that's brought to you by the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, bookkeepers helping bookkeepers helping business. And that's what we're hoping we'll be able to do today in this episode. My name is Rob Marshall, and I'm going to be joined today by the ICB's newsletter editor, uh, Simone Emmett. Uh, Simone, great to have you joining us again on the podcast. Hi, Thanks for having me again, becoming a regular, loving it. You're- you are, and we're delighted to have you with us, and we're hoping that uh, we can really get into some uh, some issues today and some topics that will really be of benefit to, for, to those who are joining in on this episode. And if this is your first time joining in with us today, we'd really encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episodes that we've run through the ICB News Channel over the last uh, six months or so in particular, probably more so the recent episodes, which will again keep you engaged with current issues and current topics that are coming out um, regularly for the bookkeeping and small business community that you should really try and be across if you can. Um, so if you, you want to find those previous episodes, you can go to our website, uh, icb.org.au. We've got a brand new website with a brand new tab called Media. It's off to the right-hand side of the website. Click on the Media tab and you can tune into our podcast uh, previous episodes, along with our other podcast, Heart of the Bookkeeper, which we encourage you to have a listen to as well. There's plenty of relevant information in all the episodes of the ICB News Channel for Baz Agents, For professional bookkeepers of all type, you might be a bookkeeper in employment. So you're working for a business owner um, and you want to just keep in tune with what's happening in the bookkeeping and small business world. Student bookkeepers and small business owners, of course, some of the most important people right now here in Australia, you've got an opportunity to tune in and gain some real insights on some info that you probably, like I said before, need to be across. And that ranges from information coming from the ATO, from Fair Work. We also have a close relationship with COSBOA, um, keeping on top of small business news as it happens, and anything relevant to bookkeepers and business owners throughout Australia. This is all based around our monthly ICB newsletter, which as we air this podcast, episode eight, our June edition has just been released. But also, I want to call out again, as I did in the last episode, that if you're tuning in and you're not a member of the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, you can still engage with this podcast and certainly you can still engage with us at the Institute by going to our website, icb.org.au, and you can have free access to regular news items that we put up on the website, um, which are included in the newsletter regularly. And we're going to highlight a few of those today. Um, So plenty of ways to engage with the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers and everything that's happening. A new financial year. We're in a new financial year, Simone, as we go to air. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. It's always uh, exciting. I suppose sometimes we we dread the end of the financial year as bookkeepers, knowing what uh, is probably coming with the the workload. But uh, there's kind of a feeling of freshness once we get into the first few weeks of July and, and into towards August. Uh, sometimes maybe even an opportunity to to have a little bit of a break and just recollect our thoughts. So great, great opportunity now to tune in with a few things that might impact on you as a bookkeeper wherever you might be in Australia. So what we're going to cover in this episode in particular 
is we're going to look at some recent changes and the impacts of the minimum wage increase. For those who like to follow along in the newsletter who are members, uh, we're kicking off in chronological order with pages two and three. There's also some information in there about the changes to do with superannuation kicking off on 1 July. We covered that pretty well in the last episode, so if you're still not across that, maybe go back to episode seven and have a little bit of a listen. We want to really put a focus in this episode of the podcast on a a, a term that uh, is being thrown around everywhere. Certainly many of you, regardless of whether you're a business or a bookkeeper, will have got communications landing on your desk from the ATO around single touch payroll phase two or STP2 as we're calling it. Pages four to 11 of our newsletter have a really comprehensive look at just the common questions answered around single touch payroll phase two. Now, for many of you, you may have already looked into this somewhat. This is a great opportunity to just reflect on what you think you already understand about single touch payroll phase two. Maybe you've already entered into single touch payroll phase two and are still a little bit uncertain as to what it was all about. So we're going to have a bit of a deep dive into that in this episode of the podcast. We're also going to cover off on other legislation changes that have uh, occurred in the month of July 2022, moving forward into the remainder of this new financial year. And we've got a fabulous new resource that we've created here at the Institute called Considerations and Changes for 2022-23. I'm calling it a bit of a ready reckoner and we're going to have a little bit of a discussion about that as well in this episode, including looking at some myths and some truths when it comes to what you need to know about the financial year ahead. We're also going to have a look at P-A-Y-G-W, pay as you go withholding. And in particular, this time of the year sometimes brings around conversations about should I change my cycle or why has the ATO changed my cycle when it comes to P-A-Y-G-W? So we'll have a look at that, pages 21 to 23 in the newsletter, plus heaps heaps and heaps of more stuff that's found in the June edition of the newsletter as well as um, as I mentioned earlier, some of the news items that you can go to our website, icb.org.au. You can do it right now as you're listening if you want to and have a look at those um, news items. And we're going to focus on a couple of them, including one about business email compromise and another one where we're going to look at what what if you're having some issues trying to get your MyGov ID over the line or you're having issues and you want some troubleshooting tips around that. So let's kick things off. Simone's uh, waiting patiently um, for, for me to, to let bring her back in. So we'll bring Simone back in. Simone, the minimum wage increases that we've uh, maybe heard a little bit about in the media and certainly uh, may have had, had a few employees asking us about. Do you want us to give us a little bit of a rundown on, on that? Yeah, certainly. It's been a big topic at the moment and um, ICB really want to remind businesses and bookkeepers the new minimum wage has increased by 5.2%. This means that the new hourly rate is now $21.38 per hour, which is 812.44 per week based on a 38-hour week. So just to also clarify that differently, the award minimum wages have also increased by 4.6%, which is subject to a minimum increase for award classifications of $40 per week and based on a 38-hour week for a full-time employee. 
So for most of these awards, these changes took effect from the 1st of July this year. But for some awards in the aviation, tourism and hospitality sectors, the, the changes to wages and allowances will take effect from the 1st of October 2022. So update, updated versions of these awards will be published closer to October. The Philip Commission have now published more guidance and have updated versions of most modern awards on their website. There is also a news item on the ICB website with the web links needed to find this information. The Fair Work Ombudsman have also updated their pay tools resources and their website has been updated with new minimum pay, rate, pay rates. For those who don't understand the difference between the Fair Work Ombudsman and the Fair Work Commission, the following applies. The Fair Work Commission is the Independent National Workplace Relations Tribunal. It is responsible for maintaining a safety net of minimum wages and employment conditions, as well as a range of other workplace functions and regulations. Differently, the Fair Work Ombudsman's role is to enforce compliance of the Fair Work Act 2009 related legislation, awards and registered agreements. The Fair Work Ombudsman can help employers and employers by providing advice, education and assistance on pay rates, workplace rights and obligations. So you can see they're fairly different in what they cover. Yeah, I think that's one that confuses a lot of people, Simone, is that we just hear the term fair work and we assume it's all the one thing. Um, I guess the other myth, we're going to talk a few truths and myths, myths in a little while, but one of the myths is that um, the fair work ombudsman is an actual person, but uh, <laughs> it's actually a term that we use. It's not... It well, is a term. Yeah, a term, yeah. So well, that's another one that catches a few people out as well. It is. We have a great relationship with the Fair Work Ombudsman, so I've, we, we do. love working closely with them. So shout out to them for all the great work they do as well. Absolutely. So there's a, a little bit of a rundown on that minimum wage increase, and we will actually come back to that in a moment with uh, one of our myths or truths around that. Um, but certainly lot to lot to take in there, especially, you know, most businesses in Australia are affected by that as of uh, the first weeks of July, although the call out is to make sure that you check in because perhaps your industry may not have been affected just yet. So, um, certainly. And just keep, keep your eye on ICB website, Fair Work Ombudsman and Fair Work Commission website. They have all the tools available for you. Correct, yes. We definitely are across that regularly or as regularly as we possibly can. And as you've called out, Simone, we do have a great relationship with the Ombudsman and uh, continue to, to celebrate the fact that we can try and bring information to you through this channel and through other channels like the newsletter and our website as it happens. So let's continue on our journey in the newsletter. Uh, quite a significant article in this episode, the June episode, around single-touch payroll phase two. It's, it's kind of on most people's lips and has been for a little while now, certainly increasing from the perspective of communications coming through to uh, everybody from the ATO, everybody, I mean, by that I mean uh, small businesses in particular or any businesses here in Australia. The, the article taps into a lot of historical information, sort of goes back over some information that you may have already been across. So we won't dig too deep into that previous episodes of um, the podcast and other communication channels, including our technical webinars and ICB Fridays have covered off on that pretty well. But I guess uh, just to, to recap in, in a few, few moments, the purpose of single touch payroll too. Historically, single touch payroll 
phase one, which most businesses entered into over the last two or three years, has put mostly a emphasis on gross wages, tax, PAYG and super, and uh, tends to have just focused on those three aspects of a wage or a pay slip without too much breakdown. And I guess that's where single touch payroll two really impacts because it takes uh, that information and breaks it down further in a term that we refer to as disaggregation. And we go into that explanation in the newsletter um, in quite, quite in depth. Probably the other piece in it that some people have missed is that single-touch payroll phase two has a distinct uh, flavour, reason, whatever you might want to call it, to have an impact when it comes to employees reporting to Services Australia. So employers reporting under single-touch payroll phase two will not only be providing information that the ATO will be utilising for various purposes such as BAS and end-of-year finalisation of wages, but also Services Australia will have access to information that will have impact at times on employees' dealings with Services Australia. So we really want to call that out. If you're an employer listening in on this podcast right now and you've been requested or you're in the process of entering into single-touch payroll phase two through your software, be aware that any sort of changes moving forward may have impact to your employees outside of just with the ATO. Um, And I think that's a really, really important piece. And we plan to kind of for one of another words, unpack that even more in future episodes of the podcast and also through our newsletter and uh, various other um, items such as our news items as well. When we start talking single-touch payroll phase two, you'll see, especially in communications sent out by the ATO, the term DSP a lot. And I've had a few people you know, sort of quietly say to me, what's a DSP? A DSP is a digital service provider. For most of us, I'm guessing, tuning into today's episode of this podcast, we're looking at um, service providers such as MYOB, Xero, QuickBooks, Reckon. Um, Some people use other alliterations out there, but generally what we're referring to there is the software that we use that we report our payroll through to the ATO. So when you see that term DSP, just think of the software that you use in your business or as a bookkeeper for your business owners. So some of those DSPs um, have already kicked in and are in action. MYB, for example, has been fairly active saying that they are ready to go when it comes to STP phase two, uh, whereas some of the other um, providers perhaps aren't quite there yet. And we call out in the article that there have been some deferrals put in place for the DSPs. And if so, if you're using a, a, a software product at the moment and you're not quite sure whether you should be in STP2 or not, the first question to ask is, is it ready to go? And secondly, is there a deferral in place? Um, and we call out some dates as well in the articles that we have available to you to see that. If you um, are a business that, or a bookkeeper, professional bookkeeper working with businesses who have family members, um, STP2 really brings into play also the term closely held payees. And there's a lot of questions around closely held payees that, again, we cover off in the, uh, the June edition of the newsletter. Generally, we're referring to direct family members who work within a business. 
And probably the two main things to consider when we talk single-touch payroll phase two and closely held pay payees, amongst a number of things, but two of the most important things probably to consider are under single-touch payroll phase two, closely held payees need to be clearly flagged. In other words, you need to determine within your software or, or um, call out in your software if you've got somebody who you understand to be a closely held payee and, and um, there's, a, there's a process for indicating that within the software. Also, the other one that seems to be raising a few questions, we're certainly getting a few through on our ICB support lines, is around directors, et cetera, who have traditionally just been part of the normal salaries and wages, but they may be a closely held payee. In other words, well, not necessarily they're a closely held payee, they're a family member. Uh, what we want to clearly call out there is that if they're a director and they are a family member, but they've been paid and continue to be paid salaries and wages as normal, then we don't actually technically flag them as a closely held payee. They're just a normal employee uh, as part of your uh, employee group, I guess you could say. And the remainder of the article, when you get into it, um, does look at some of the processes of handling single-touch payroll phase two within your software and examines various aspects of that. We want to mention that we have a, especially to our members, um, we have an amazing tool called our mapping tool, our mapping tool template. We've just done a bit of work on that uh, over the, the, the last week or so as we've entered the new financial year. And I'd recommend if you haven't gone in and downloaded that mapping tool template as a bookkeeper and as a member of the ICB, I'd encourage you to do so. I'm in practice. I'm out and about right now around uh, regional WA helping people transition to single touch payroll phase two. And Simone, I don't go anywhere without that mapping tool. It's an ab absolutely gold for me. So It's fantastic, that tool. I can't... I I wouldn't be able to do any payroll without without it. Absolutely. Certainly the uh, the transition process becomes a whole lot easier if you've got that mapping tool in your kit bag. So I recommend you, uh, you have a look at the article on single-touch payroll phase two in our newsletter for members. For those who are non-members choosing in, again, we'd encourage you to maybe just re-examine whether maybe you could become a member of the ICB, www.icb.org.au, and you can check out the, uh, the different offerings we have when it comes to membership but certainly also some news items that you can check out on our website that may help you in that uh, with that process around do I or should I or should my business owner transition to single-touch payroll phase two at the moment. If you are still pondering that question, certainly if you're a business owner tuning in, have a chat with your bookkeeper around that and certainly some strategies need to be put in play before you, for one of another words, click the button and make the jump. Uh, we'd rec recommend that. The last few weeks of June and early weeks of July have proven that there are some challenges around the, the transition at times, um, especially when reporting STP finalisation. So certainly a conversation uh, with your bookkeeper and for bookkeepers tuning in, if you're a bit unsure, I would be more hesitant than uh, proactive to make the change to STP phase two if you're not quite across what you think you need to be across or, or perhaps just should be across, basically, Simone. Um, so... That's, uh, that, that's a really important article, a centrepiece of the, um, the, the newsletter for June. Let's move into 
a couple of other articles that have in the newsletter before we uh, start to, to wind down this episode or this part of the episode. Um, Simone, again, along with uh, STP2 being, you know, kind of almost a central conversation as we move into a new financial year, there were a number of legislation changes that happened uh, especially through the budget and through different processes that we often see at this time of the year that are called out in the newsletter. Uh, we're not going to ask everybody to uh, sit through you and I going through the, all of those. In many cases, we've covered off on those in in some previous uh, episodes and in previous newsletters. We've also um, recently had our end of financial year uh, online seminars, which went quite com com comprehensively, is the word I was looking for, into uh, those legislative changes. But one that I probably want to just mention that's in that uh, bunch, you could say, of legislation changes that we've called out is around fuel tax credits. Uh, do you want to just uh, mention some key, especially dates around the whole topic when it comes to fuel tax credits? Well, with, with the fuel tax credits, um, the, the actual eligibility ends on the 28th of September. So businesses businesses mm. have to then go in and check again to see if they're eligible for this excise, um, which yep. is a really important date. So again, the 28th of September this year. Yeah, look, I, I think that's the main thing we just want to call out. You know, if you're a bit unsure about whether you or your business owner qualifies for fuel tax credits, it's a, it's a really important thing you need to examine. For those who have been, you know, traditionally in the in the farming realm, I work a lot with farmers over here in regional Western Australia, Simone, and uh, obviously most of those do uh, apply or are certainly able to uh, apply for the fuel tax credits each month when they do their BAS or perhaps each quarter when they, when they do their business activity statements as part of that process, 7D on the BAS. Um, but I, I suppose the main thing that we're, we're referencing here is that in March this year, there was a sort of a bit of a adjustment or halt on the fuel tax credits for those who are able to apply for them. That was part of a process um, to try and help with the uh, staggeringly increasing um, uh, price we're paying for fuel in Australia at the moment. And sadly, that's uh, coming to an end for the consumer, but for the business owner who, are, who does definitely apply, or not apply is the wrong word, definitely does qualify for fuel tax credits that will bring relief in a diff from a different aspect back at that date that you mentioned in September. Um, recent news, recent media suggests that that date is not going to change. Some have speculated that it might do. I uh, recently heard Jim Chalmers, I think, is the uh, the new treasurer. I hope I've got that right. Uh, mentioned that he doubted that that date would change at all. So one that we need to to be aware of coming up as bookkeepers and certainly as business owners who have fuel tax credits as part of their process on a monthly or quarterly basis. We're moving into another article that sort of segues into the legislation changes that we've got um, in this uh, edition of the newsletter. Is a, a brilliant new resource. I'm going to call it a brilliant new resource. So I think it's fantastic that we've just created at the ICB called um, Considerations for 2022-23, Considerations and Changes. So it goes again into a lot of the legislation changes that have happened in the last few months and explain them. I'm calling it a, a kind of almost like a ready reckoner uh, for business owners and for bookkeepers to have alongside them so that they can reference them. There's clearly some that may affect some and not others, but it's all there for you to take in, including commentary around fuel tax credits. 
superannuation, a number of other things that we've highlighted through the, the ICB podcast, ICB News Channel podcast over the last few months. One of the things I really like about it, well, no, before I, before I go into the really like about it bit, just maybe a little bit of background as to how we've put that together, Simone. Um, yeah, well, with the new financial year having started on the 1st of July, um, there's so many updates and changes and obligations for employers that the ICB resource team wisely came up with this comprehensive list for bookkeepers and BAS agents to pass on to the businesses they work with. It's fully downloadable, it's tailorable to what is specific to that business. So it's a really valuable resource that's been added to our collection for this year. So again, www.icb.org.au, members will be able to log in and get that valuable resource. Again, if you're listening in and you're going, oh, gee, I'd like a piece of that, Simone, um, but I'm not a member, uh, we recommend maybe consider uh, the options that are available to you, as mentioned earlier. But one of the things that um, the... Um, that particular resource also has a section on is what we've called myths or myth or truth. So it looks at a number of things that quite often are talked about when changes come about as to whether they actually apply or don't apply to a business owner or and in particular to bookkeepers uh, working alongside businesses here in Australia. And um, in particular, I don't, I'm not going to go through them all because we need to obviously keep a few teasers open, but there's one or two that, uh, or in particular one that I referenced earlier about the fair work increase that I wouldn't mind just tapping into um, and having a quick chat to you about. The, the myth that's out there is that with recent fair work increases to minimum wages, if the pay run falls between the end of June and the first week of July, can I split the pay run for hours worked at the old rate and hours worked at the new rate? So I guess, first of all, is that a myth or is that truth, Simone? Well, the truth to this one is the new national minimum wage will apply from the first full pay period on or after the 1st of July 2022. This means that if you have a weekly pay period that starts on Mondays, the new rates will apply from Monday 4th of July 2022. When every, pay, every day of the employee's pay week is a July date, that is when the new minimum wage rate will apply. So, for example, the 1st of the 7th to the 7th of the 7th being a, being a weekly payroll. Yeah, so that's one that's definitely, again, come up on our support lines, a little bit of uh, misunderstanding around that one. So I like the fact that the team has kind of tried to examine a few of those myths or truths out there, as it's called, and, uh, again, uh, well, that's just a taster of one that we've got in that resource that I'd love for you to go and uh, perhaps have a look at, especially our members as they listen in on this episode. So we're starting to, to get to the, the, the latter part of the newsletter. Great article in there. Uh, again, freely available to our members. It focuses in on our PAYG withholding ICB guide. So it goes back over a lot of information that I'm sure many professional bookkeepers are across when it comes to PAYGW. Um, so I'll call out right from the start, the term PAYG does get thrown around a bit and you need to tack on the end of it whether it's W or I. So we've got PAYG withholding and we've got PAYG instalments. That seems to create a little bit of confusion from time to time. So we're focusing on PAYGW 
And uh, it looks at, this particular article looks at what records you need to keep for PAYGW and for how long. Um, the answer to that generally is um, the ATO have a requirement of five years to retain those records. But we call out in this article that if you have ASIC requirements, then that actually extends out to seven years. So that catches a few people out, that whole five years versus seven-year conversation. And without, again, going too deep, because we'd love for you to get your head inside that particular article, we talk about tax file number declarations and their requirements. And we have mentioned this previously, but moving forward with single touch payroll phase two, there is a bit of a change there. The requirement to actually have to send tax file number declarations to the ATO will be relieved. In other words, you won't have to send those darn things off uh, when you get them filled out if you're in the single touch payroll phase two zone. However, it does still reference the, the importance to, again, maintain those records. Um, so a number of things there around what you need to know about keeping records when it comes to PAYGW. The other part of that article that I, I felt Simone was a, a really good call out is the scenario around requesting a change to PAYGW cycle. So I know, you know having been a, a bookkeeper in practice for a long time now, quite often the start of a new financial year will bring up those sort of conversations around, you know, I'm paying PAYG uh, monthly right now, you know, but things have changed. I've got less staff. Can I move it to quarterly perhaps? Or it might be the other way around. Um, so the article looks at reasons why you might want to consider a change to the, your PAYGW cycle, but more importantly, how do you then go about making that request? And the key is around the online services for business process. I know certainly amongst um, the the, the uh, clients, the SMEs that I have locally, Simone, they'll, they'll tell you if they could tune in, right, if they could speak right now in the podcast, that Rob goes on endlessly about the importance to engage with the online services for business if you're a business owner. So if you're tuning in, you're not quite sure about that, go and Google online services for business and understand that you've got a portal that you can tap into that has so many avenues and so many ways to be able to deal with situations like this where you feel that you need to make some changes to how you report to the ATO in particular. The other thing, so there is a, a bit of an explanatory around how to do that in the online services for business in our newsletter, but also want to just call out the fact that this time of the year quite often brings a response from the ATO itself. So they will quite often do an annual review and send out a change to your cycle. Now that really is kind of a not negotiable as far as the ATO is concerned. However, we do um, acknowledge that circumstances change for businesses and especially since through the pandemic and out the other side of the pandemic, things have changed a lot more dr dramatically for a lot of businesses and maybe traditionally. We'd suggest still have a conversation with the ATO if you don't feel as though that um, annual review has come out in the way that you would expect it to or way you believe it should do, um, I know that the ATO are always open for a conversation and look at circumstances as they change. So plenty to take in there in that particular article, great article, love the fact that we are putting an emphasis on business owners and the questions that they have and some responses that we as bookkeepers, either as bookkeepers in employment or bookkeepers in practice can have in that conversation with the business owner. Simone, focusing 
into um, the professional bookkeepers in particular. We also have an article that talks about continued professional education or CPE. Do you want to give us a few highlights from that particular article? Yeah, certainly. I mean, this one is very much focused on the BAS agents. Um, the ICB and the Tax Practitioners Board have seen a significant expansion in the range of services that BAS agents can lawfully provide and an increasing demand and reliance placed on BAS agents to assist businesses in complying with their tax obligations. So as a result, the BAS agent scope has evolved by necessity. So this is why adjustments have been made to the amount of CPE required. Key changes, BAS agents now need to complete a minimum of 90 hours of CPE over a three-year period, which is an increase um, from 45 hours over a three-year period from the current policy. And also both tax and BAS agents need to complete a minimum of 20 hours of CPE each year, which has been increased from 10 hours for tax agents and five hours for BAS agents. Um, the ICB provides members with several avenues of gaining CPE via all our resources, webinars, conferences, various newsletters, media, podcasts, everything. So, And again, as part of being an ICB member, you have full access to these resources. So in the June newsletter, we explain the evolution of the professional bookkeeper and have a full resource available to BAS agents to plan for their CPE hours and make sure that they hit those targets yearly. Excellent. So again, a really important conversation piece within our world, within the professional bookkeeping world that uh, is called out in the newsletter. And we're going to stay engaged with that. We'll always be bringing information when it comes to continued professional education. And of course, we provide as many avenues like you just mentioned, uh, including this, these uh, different new channels like podcasts. And uh, certainly the ATO, I've mentioned it before, has a great podcast called Tax Invoice. I'd love for uh, anybody who hasn't tuned into that to go and have a listen to that one. And there's a, a myriad of other CPE opportunities now available for you to be able to get up those hours. Talking of which, we've got um, our very much a stable of the ICB over many years, our technical webinars, uh, they're ongoing. We're, uh, we're going to start to more focus on a couple of those as we uh, continue to roll out this uh, podcast. And uh, for the month of July, uh, for those who have tuned in to our tech webinars before, generally uh, you get to engage with two amazing people, Deb Thompson and Pauline Walton. We're, uh, we, we try and share the love around a bit too and sometimes I get involved, sometimes Matthew Addison gets involved. I think, Simone, you might have even been in on, on one or two as well. So I, I have had the pleasure, yeah. You have had the pleasure. So our technical webinars do dig deeply into a lot of the subjects that we're even talking about today. Um, so coming up over the next month uh, or during the month of July as we go to air, big emphasis on a couple of tech webinars when it comes to online services for agents. So I just mentioned it a little while ago, the importance of engaging with the, the online services opportunities for agents and in particular, obviously, BAS agents uh, in our world. So that's uh, worth having a look at. Go to our website. You'll see the dates and the ability to join for those web those tech webinars. Uh, a, a tech net webinar that the ladies, Pauline and Deb, will be running on Professional Bookkeeping 101. So for those of you who are perhaps newer to the bookkeeping world and are still trying to find your way, uh, this term Professional Bookkeeper keeps coming up more and more. We're certainly an advocate for it. And that tech webinar will put an emphasis on what does that actually mean. I'll be running a tech webinar in the latter part of July 
with the ATO around the cash flow coaching kit. We have rolled this one out before, but there's a fresh new look at this and I'd love for you to consider engaging with the cash flow coaching kit and uh, we'll certainly be having some great interaction there with the ATO around that. And then, of course, we have our executive director, Matthew Addison, who rolls out regularly what we call our Fridays with ICB. Matthew never shies away from getting his head inside some really important topics. um, And we'd encourage you to continue to keep your eye on the website as to Fridays with ICB and dates revolving around that. Simone, another uh, communication channel that some of our members and even business owners might not be aware of um, is what we call our e-brief. Do you want to tell us a little bit about our ICB e-brief? Yes, so our ICE brief is is really information that is centred to the business owner. So we will issue the uh, e-brief each month that, that um, bookkeepers and BAS agents can use their own templates and send everything out to the, their business owners accordingly. Um, at the moment, just calling out to members that it isn't available on the website. It will be ready in the near future and we are working on it furiously in the background. <laughs> um, the June e-brief has been sent to members in email format, but if you're having any trouble, just reach out to the support team and you will be able to get you a copy ASAP. Yeah, absolutely. I've had a few members uh, reach out through support and we were able to send you the link. We also recommend maybe have a bit of a look in your uh, your junk folder or your clutter folder if you're also thinking, why wouldn't I have got it? It could be lurking around in there as well, but certainly don't feel free to reach out if you, you haven't got that particular one. And we will be rectifying the, the issue of getting it on the website very, very soon, hopefully. Um, great if you're a business owner tuning in and going, what, what, what's this e-brief thing? You know, maybe prod your bookkeeper if you haven't to say, you know, hey, I, I haven't been getting this e-brief. And uh, if they're a member of the ICB, they can certainly provide that information to you as supplied by Simone and the team. And uh, they do a wonderful job putting that together, topical information that you can uh, have a bit of a read about as well. Simone, we're down to the last couple of things that we want to cover in this episode. We promised in the last episode that we would uh, give another article in the newsletter or a more in-depth article in the newsletter about ATO debts on hold. Do you want to give us a little bit of a summation of that one? Yes, certainly. As mentioned, we were following up with the ATO regarding pursuing any debts on hold. And from what the research that I've done from June 2022, the ATO will offset clients' tax refunds or credits to pay any age debt that have been placed on hold. So they are actively pursuing debts. The ATO states that when a debt has been re-raised, it has to be paid in full by the due date. So BAS agents will be able to see these offset transactions in the online services for agents and just something to be aware of to inform business business owners that this is actually this is something that's happening for the ATO. Um, the client will also receive a statement of account and BAS agents can access all this information. Um, another thing, the ATO have also updated their debts on hold resource to reflect this information. So you can go straight to our website and find that. And that again is in our newsletter with that link. Beautiful. Excellent. So again, uh, plenty of information there that you can get a hold of, especially if you're a bookkeeper dealing with a a business owner that's had some um, cash flow issues, perhaps you might say, dealing with the ATO uh, in the past and some uh, action items that you can take out of that particular article. And then finally, in this episode of the ICB podcast, um, ICB 
news channel podcast. We'll get that one right. Um, I want to just keep reminding those who are, are tuning in and going, yeah, there's a bit of information there that I can't access because I'm not a member and I don't necessarily plan to become a member, but I still want to know some stuff. Uh, we do have freely available information on our website um, through the form of news items. And we've got a couple of news items that I'd like to call out that members or non-members might want to go and have a look at if you haven't already done. One is in relation to business email compromise. Now, we covered off on this in a um, episode of our podcast earlier this year, our other podcast called Heart of the Bookkeeper. I did a fabulous interview, uh, a very in-depth in interview with a member in Tasmania, Deborah Jeffrey, who sadly had been fallen foul of business email compromise. And um, I would suggest if you haven't gone and listened to that, that's episode 13 of Heart of the Bookkeeper available through our website under the media tab that I mentioned earlier, or also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We look at what exactly is being business email compromise and the ATO and a number of, um, in particular, the ACCC, the Australian, not the Australian, the uh, the Cyber Security Centre, not ACCC, I, I'm, I'm confusing that with uh, another acronym, too many acronyms in our world, Simone. Um, Way too many. <laughs> yeah, the Cyber Security Centre, um, have the Australian Cyber Security Centre have a, have a real em emphasis right now on business email compromise. So uh, we've, we've called that out in our news item, what to do if you're targeted by a business email intervention from a, uh, a cyber hacker, uh, a, a, a person who's not doing the right thing, let's put it that way, uh, what, what do you do? And we've covered that in the news item and also some links on how to continue to stay secure and mitigate against business email compromise. Very topical at the moment go and have a look at our news item, icb.org.au. And finally, one that crops up a lot, especially in my world, I've talked to a lot of business owners and a lot of bookkeepers who have had some issues around their MyGov ID. And in particular, um, scenarios like they've changed their name, perhaps they've got married. Uh, there's a number of different reasons as to why you might change your name these days. And um, we've put some strategies in there as to how to, to get around that, some workarounds. Our number one call out, uh, a big issue, Simone, that we've identified is people will assume they need to go and set up a, a separate MyGov ID and that can cause no end of grief. So, it can uh, cause a lot of problems if you do that. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So, again, anybody, doesn't matter if you're a member or non-member, you can tap into that on our website under the news items. Anything that you'd like to give as a, uh, a response to anything you read in either our newsletter or news items, we're very open, aren't we, Simone, to taking uh, suggestions and uh, certainly some comments around things that you read and see. Uh, plenty of uh, nice comments are always uh, appreciated, I reckon. Nice comments are always appreciated. But, yeah, definitely, <laughs> we're always willing to hear from members on stories and suggestions and questions. So, again, put those questions through to support and let them know and we'll answer your queries. That's what we're here for. Yep, and you can definitely engage with us through a number of ways, including on our website. If you go to the bottom of the website, there is our contact details and uh, an email address that you can send comments through to. We're always... Uh, open to, to comments, whatever they might be. Um, but certainly, Simone, congratulations on another great newsletter to, to you and all those in the team who are involved in putting that together. Uh, we've hopefully 
um, covered off on a lot of that in this episode. We're going to continue to do that. STP phase two continues to roll on over the next six months. I'm hoping to engage with some of the DSPs to give some updates maybe in future episodes or at some stage um, very soon through the podcast. And uh, we've certainly entered a new year with a bang, Simone. Great to have you with us again today and uh, happy new year. Thank you and happy new year to you too. Happy new year to all our listeners. Happy new financial year. We wish you all the very best and we look forward to you tuning in again on our next episode of the ICB News Channel. Thank you.